It's your radio sisters. I'm Rachel. I'm Bo. And I'm Ally Cat. Well, we're singers, songwriters, and sisters. And if you're curious about the creative process like we are, stick around right here. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories and interviews from the world's biggest stars and most creative minds. You'll take away artistic gems to fuel your own creative process and get that project started already. Or get the mojo to keep on going. That's right. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. <laughs> Hey, it's Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo, and we're so happy you could join us here today for this edition of the Mulberry Lane Show. That's right, and if you have a dream in your heart, you'll get some pro tips from today's guests to help you do exactly that. Let's get to it, sisters. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. First up, you're going to get her done. Yes, Larry the Cable Guy is joining your weekend. And if you haven't heard, this Nebraska guy is going to donate his portion of the proceeds of his concert March 27th in Lincoln at the Pinnacle Bank Arena to flood relief. So his Nebraska roots go so deep that he really puts his money where his heart is. The classiest redneck around. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And you guys, this is going to be a big show. Larry the Cable Guy and the band Sticks together for one night in Lincoln. It's the Laugh Rock Seriously Tour. And you're going to do just that, plus feel really good about yourself because your money is going towards the flood relief. Now, of course, Larry the Cable Guy is known by his Nebraska friends as Dan Whitney. Hear what motivates him and keeps him going, his gut-busting sense of humor, and his heart of gold. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're going to hear from Larry, so then you got to hear from Sticks. Lawrence Gowan, keyboard player and co-vocalist with the band Sticks, is in the house. Lawrence is going to share with you some behind-the-scenes rock and roll stories. You'll hear about their latest album, The Mission, and get a peek into the life of what it's like to be a member of a legendary rock band. Lawrence Gowan of Sticks. And we have to add this mulberry footnote. That's right, Rachel. Tommy Shaw of the band Sticks actually played on two of our songs off of our album, Run Your Own Race. <laughs> Fun times for sure. Okay, Rachel, who's next? Well, guys, then you're going to meet a guy taking country music by storm. Dylan Scott is here. You know him from this song. I'm It's real about chasing your dreams and when you're in one of those rough patches where you're wondering, is this ever going to work out? Dylan has some advice for you. Dylan's current single is titled Nobody and it's steaming up the country charts right now. His upcoming EP is called Nothing To Do Town. It's full of country soul. Check it out. Allie? Well, next up, you're going to hear from master guitar builder. His name is Brian Calhoun, but he's also a grassroots board game creator. His board game is called Chickapig. You've probably seen it all over the stores. And with help from his good friend, Dave Matthews, yes, the Dave Matthews, this board game has become a number one Amazon bestseller. And you know your kids are going to enjoy it because there's a whole part of the game dealing with a cow and poop. <laughs> They've got it all covered. So hear about that a little bit later on in the show. Okay, sisters, before we get too deep into the show, I just wanted to tell you about my cooking fail. <laughs> Another one, huh? Mm-hmm. 
was the day after St. Patty's Day. My kids were really asking for homemade corned beef and cabbage. And I had found a recipe that was pretty simple for my Instant Pot. Now, Allie, it's really hard to mess up an Instant Pot recipe. It is, but I got her done. <laughs> the recipe calls for two large potatoes and you cut them both in half and then you use the potatoes as like a trivet for the corned beef. I did all the steps, I got everything done. I go to serve it and everyone in my family was like, ooh, those potatoes are a weird color. And I was like, yeah, they really are. Well, sisters, I accidentally bought sweet potatoes. Because those, of course, were the biggest ones. I did. Well, you've got a new St. Patty's Day tradition. Yes, it definitely put a little glitch in the flavor matrix. <laughs> well, Allie, you may have ruined the flavor matrix, but we definitely have a personality matrix happening at the Mulberry Lane Show today. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for the larger-than-life Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Mulberry Lane Show, where we come together over music and the arts. This is Allie, along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Thanks for being here. A multi-platinum recording artist and Grammy nominee, but more importantly, regular Nebraska guy, Dan Whitney. Larry the Cable Guy joins your weekend right now. Now, you've probably heard by now he's donating all of his portion of the proceeds from his show next Wednesday, the 27th, to the Red Cross to benefit flood victims. Now, this hybrid comedy rock show features Dan plus Sticks at the Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln. And you guys are going to hear all about it now. Welcome, welcome to the show. Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) That was awesome. Hey, let me just say, thank you for actually putting my real name in there. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. You know... Every time there's a news story on me locally or something, they always say Larry the Cable Guy. And I'm thinking, you do realize that I have another uh, wife, right? Right. <laughs> you have your real life. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that's what people know. So I guess that's why they do it. It's true. So, Dan, you have to tell us, how did this unique pairing of Larry the Cable Guy and Sticks come about? You know, I went and I did a benefit concert for tornado victims down in uh, Springfield, Illinois. It was for Washington County, Illinois, anyway. But it was REO Speedwagon, Sticks, Ted Nugent, Head East. There was like five other bands on there. Okay. They all had their roots in Illinois or from Illinois. But I'm really good friends with uh, all the guys from REO Speedwagon. Bruce Hall and I, we met each other down in Orlando, and I lived in Orlando, and and uh, But they play in my golf tournament all the time, and okay. we like to golf. And, uh-huh. and the initial thing was I told Bruce, I said, man, we should tour together for a week or two, and then we can all play golf, and we can do the show at night. And uh, because during the Ario Speedwagon show, whenever I'm there, I grab a guitar, and I go up, and I uh, nobody knows I'm air guitar, but I air guitar to roll with the changes. Oh, how fun! <laughs> Yeah, so we tried to work it out. I was going to tour with them, and we couldn't get it to work out, the dates. And okay. then uh, I'm real good friends with all the guys from Sticks as well and their manager. And they said, well, you know what? We'll do it with you. We can find seven dates. So I said, you know what? Let's do it. And and uh, Ricky Phillips, the bass player for them, he likes to golf. So I said, you know what? We'll go and golf. And I got a new album coming up uh, that I got to tape at the end of the year. So... I only do about 25 or 30 shows 
a year. I've been, you know, I just kind of, I've been out on the road forever. So I'm just slowing down, hanging out with my kids, doing a sure. few shows. And But anyway, I thought it'd be fun. It'd give me some extra stage time and I could add some, some shows. And so uh, we decided to go do it with Sticks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're coming through Lincoln. Okay, so now what will the show be like? How did you work out all the details of who does what and how it all works? Oh, well, you know, you don't want to go up after a rock and roll band, that's for sure. So obviously Styx was going to go up last, and I'm just going to go up first. I'm going to do my stand-up, and and, uh, I don't know, probably 45, 55 minutes, and then uh, I'll probably introduce Styx, bring them up. And do Um, air guitar it for any Styx songs? You know what? I'm learning how to play drums, and I was thinking about going up and seeing if they'll let me play Blue Collar Man. Uh Um, That would be so perfect. It would be awesome, but I don't think that I'm good enough, so I'm chickening out, so I don't think I'm going to do it. You should do it in Lincoln. Yeah, I'm, trust me, that's a hard song to Well, do. I'll tell you yeah. what, it's harder to air drum than it is to air guitar. <laughs> you know what, you're right. Maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll just go up and sing back up or something, I don't know. There you go. It'd be fun, I'm looking forward to I it. I bet. Oh, so yeah. now you have pledged all the proceeds from the Lincoln Show, from your part of it, to Red Cross for flood victims. So how proud and moved have you been to see your fellow Nebraskans come together through all this devastation? Oh, you know what? It's awesome, but I knew that would happen. I mean, Nebraskans are a unique. We're, I, you know, I don't know what it is about us, but we're uh, definitely a unique, unique people. Yeah, And for uh, sure. I think it might just because there's so many small towns in Nebraska. I mean, I think we're the one state with the biggest landmass that has the largest amount of small towns. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, and I knew that would happen. I knew they would come together, and and just watching it happen, it makes me happy because I knew it would. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I think the cool thing about it is, as divided as this country is right now, uh, it doesn't matter uh, what your political leanings are. Um, no. We're helping our neighbor out, and it's kind of bringing us a little bit closer together as a state. I think. Absolutely. And uh, but I just think I think it's awesome. Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show with your radio sisters, Rachel, Allie, and Bo, and you're hearing from Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. Now, Larry's going to be in concert next Wednesday, March 27th at the Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln, along with the band Sticks. You don't want to miss this night of music and humor. Best part? Larry the Cable Guy is giving all the proceeds from his part of the concert to the flood relief. So now... You have come to the aid before. Like you said, you did the benefit for the victims in Illinois and now the flood victims, and you've helped out with Team Jack and all that. You have such a generous heart, and your dad was a preacher. So do you think that came from seeing him? Does that come from that side? Where did you get this generous heart? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I believe in Jesus, and uh, that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I mean... That's what he calls us to do. Yeah. And somebody that has been blessed so much in my life, uh, just, uh, I mean, jeez, it was a a no-brainer. I mean, you can't just sit back and not do anything. Right. And, uh, you know, and that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, the fact that uh, I've been given so much, uh, I think that these opportunities come to you just just for these moments. There's no better feeling in the world than when you can do something for situations like this. And I'm just very thankful that I'm able to do it. That's mm. so true. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what is even better. Right. I'll tell you, are the people that don't have a lot of great wealth, 
and they they, they and they live paycheck to paycheck, and mm -hmm. they work their butts off, mm -hmm. and they give money. To me, that means way more than what I'm doing because you know they don't have it to give. Right. right. And I think that is even uh, even better. You know, it says you know there's that verse in the Bible that talks about uh, that lady that gave everything she had. That was all she had, and and uh, even though those other people. They gave these great things and these great gifts and these huge amounts of land. And she gave, uh, what was like, just a small amount, but it was pretty much all she had. It was had. all she had, and yeah. She was, the, she was the one that came out the winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of a domino effect of giving that's happening right now. And I think, it, you know, it takes everybody. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, man. We're, we are an awesome state, and I think when you dig through all the crap that's going on in the world today, I think this is what uh, you get with Nebraskans. Yep. I mean, we're, we're, we're a caring bunch of folks, and even though we don't like to see these travesties and these disasters, we sure do step up when they happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and like you said, you knew it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the last time we talked yeah. to you, you were in a neck brace from riding a mechanical reindeer. So any dangerous stunts lately? <laughs> You know what? You know what's crazy? I still have lingering issues oh. from that. I've been doing a bunch of celebrity golf tournaments, and oh. I was at Pebble Beach a while back, and the whole week, man, my fingers were burning with pains and my palms and my feet, and I went in and got an x-ray, and my neck is messed up. Oh. And so I have to do exercises every day. I got a neck stretcher it looks like a neck brace but i gotta do it four times a day for 10 minutes but the good news is he says it's about as bad as it's gonna get so if i want to put up with the pain i can golf as much as i want so okay so it can't get any worse <laughs> this show is heard throughout nebraska and ios do you have a message for people who have been affected by the floods yeah you know what just hang in there and uh we're, we're getting help to you, and uh, we're all banding together, and we're all going to get through it, and uh, I think it's going to bring us closer together as a state. So uh, in tragedy, we can still find good things, and uh, uh, strong people, uh, they always come out of uh, disasters a lot stronger than when they went into them, mm -hmm. and that's what's going to happen to us. Amen. Yep. <laughs> well, Dan, it's always great to catch up with you and to hear your thoughts, and you know, such amazing representation of, of Nebraska and what we're all about. So we thank you well, as fellow Nebraskans for what, what you do for the state and, you know, the people. Well, I break and tell, uh, tell Twitter that, would you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> all right. Dan, thanks, and uh, we'll see you at the show on Wednesday. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Get it up. That was Dan Whitney, better known by his stage name, Larry the Cable Guy. You'll hear more from Dan next weekend on the Mulberry Lane Show, where he shares a very relatable story about what keeps him grounded. And in the meantime, catch him in concert March 27th at the Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln, where he'll be joined by our next guest, Lawrence Gowan of the rock super band Sticks. So stay right where you are and get ready to come sail away with Sticks right after this. We'll meet you right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, right around the corner. This is Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Life is a highway, I want to ride it all night long. If you're going my way, well, I want to drive it all night long. I don't
Find your creative road down Mulberry Lane. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. Let's get back to it. Come sail away, lady, babe, show me the way are just a few of the mega hits by legendary rock band Styx. They're swinging through Lincoln with Larry the Cable Guy this Wednesday to rock your world. Now Lawrence Gowan from the band is here to give you the scoop and we are here for it. Welcome, welcome to the show, Lawrence Gowan. Oh man, oh Allie. And Rachel, it's lovely to be on your show. Oh my okay, Ali, you gotta pinch me. <laughs> Lawrence, that was awesome. Well, I've been up for weeks writing that song. I, uh, <laughs> it was seconds, actually. Um, <laughs> okay, I could tell this is gonna be one fun, rockin', funny show. So, how did this pairing come about, Sticks and Larry the Cable Guy? Oh, that is really quite astounding. We both checked our horoscopes uh, somewhere halfway through last year, and we thought, what is the wackiest pairing we could ever come up with for a stick show? And Larry the Cable Guy did the same. What was the greatest, the wackiest pairing that Larry could do? And the next thing you know, the stars aligned as it was foretold, much like being on the Mulberry Lane show, (laughs) and so it came to pass. Yes, it will come to pass in Lincoln. So tell us what are fans in for? They're in for a Sticks epic adventure, but with the extra spice of Larry and his cable-like <laughs> humor that uh, is knee slappers and, and guffaws and chuckles along the way. And uh, Basically, you're in for a great night is what's going to happen in Lincoln. And I know the people of Lincoln absolutely deserve that right now. Right. Uh, it's a very timely thing. We that Last year, after the um, devastating fire in California, particularly up in the... Um, in the Reading area, and we had a concert there just a couple of weeks after so many people have lost their homes and oh, just horrible realities that had uh, come into their lives. And we thought about canceling the show, quite honestly, because we thought, well, maybe people have better things on their mind right now. But no, it turned out it was a really good little moment of, you know, bringing the community together or basically, you know, giving people something to, to feel good about in right. a, in a, during a bad time. So we're anticipating that uh, there'll be some element of that when we when we play in in Lincoln now. And you know, there's nothing like music and humor to bring people together, to pull them out of, you know, the hardships that they and, might be going through. And a through. little escape, you know, from reality. You're absolutely right. It, it's the closest thing to magic that I've encountered in my life. And the short distance between people is either a smile or a laugh or particularly, I find, right. a melody. You know, a melody can, if two people of completely different points of view are singing the same song together, I, I defy them to suddenly get into an argument. Right, <laughs> right. and that's what that the is, world needs more of right now. And that is magic, truly. Uh-huh. And that is magic. That is magic. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're just tuning in, you're hitting all the right notes with Lawrence Gowan of legendary rock band Sticks, right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now, you guys, your latest album, The Mission, it's been hailed a masterpiece. So when you all get together and record, did you feel like you were creating a masterpiece, or was it just another day at work? <laughs> well, you know, I think the word masterpiece, I'm, I'm happy that they're applying that to this record, because uh, we really are extremely proud of it and very uh, pleased with how it came out. Sticks have been around for decades now, and it's not an absolutely necessary thing that we put out a new record, so we basically were making it for ourselves. There's a caveat in there that if we don't love it, we don't have to put it out. 
Well, as we got towards the end of the um, the completion of the mission, we were looking at each other, thinking like we can't wait for this for people to hear this. It really is uh, something we're extremely proud of, and I think is really the pinnacle moment of us. That as this collective of sticks that have been around now for, well, I've been in the band now 20 years. Right. It's the greatest statement that we've made as a group. And sure enough, it's been the most critically acclaimed sticks album ever. You know, right. they, even with their biggest records, you know, that were gigantic hits, they were always lambasted by the, uh, by the critics, you know. Right. But loved by the people. But loved by the people. So what, what is more important? So right. here we are now being loved by the critics and loved by the people. <laughs> That is a pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, that is, exactly. Do you think the fact that you went into it thinking that you don't have to release it if you don't want to, do you think that added to the freedom that you had in recording this? I think it did, quite honestly. It's funny, we're in such a different era now of the music industry, and you guys will understand what I'm referring to. It's just, it's so different now. With the Mulberry Sisters, we could sing a song right now and push send, and it's a worldwide release, and that didn't exist before, right. you know, when the major labels really controlled all the gates of, of what went where. But I think also there was always a looming A&R department um, back when that would arbitrate what gets on the record and what does not, and right. what was the right flavor and the right color and all these things, and, and a band would have to fight through that. We're not in that era now. You know, Universal, you know, who put this record out, they are not in any way involved in the artistic side of it whatsoever. They really look at it like, you guys make what you want to make, and if we think it's worthy, we're going to push it as hard as we can. It was just down to us to come up with a great album and something that... Uh, Hopefully people might call a masterpiece. Apparently someone has. <laughs> nice. well, that's right. So now going back to the point at which you joined the band, you replaced Dennis DeYoung. And, you know, for anybody that has had to, you know, step into a position that somebody else had filled, how did you approach that? Well, it's funny. We use the word replace a little bit too loosely. I don't feel that I was brought in to replace anyone. And I don't, I really don't think anyone... In, in a band can be replaced. I really think that they carve out their unique territory. Right. Think of it more like a symphony orchestra or a sports team where it's like they may have had a, a tremendous lineup that brought them to a certain level. And then at a certain point, it was, you know, for various reasons, it was time to make a change, you know? Uh -huh. So someone new had to come in. And this is really why I think it has worked for two decades. Because when I came in the door the very first day, I was never asked, to sound like, to replicate, or in any way imitate, you know, Dennis DeYoung, who was the keyboard player and singer prior to me, and a great writer and a great force in the band. But instead, they said, no, put your own talents in this, you know, just do uh -huh. what you do, and and we'll see how the audience react to it, And but most important, we'll see how we react to it. There have only ever been 10 people in, in the band, and the band is just about 50 years old, coming up on its decade of existence. So it really is the culmination of the efforts of those 10 people that right. makes the band what it is today. So I, I see it as a lineage where everyone who's ever been in the band is still a big part of the band. Yeah, know, I love even that. Even though they're in the current lineup. Yeah. yeah. Our show is a lot about creativity and inspiring people to go after their dreams and their goals. So does Lawrence Gowan have any rock star advice for the listener's life? Many years ago... Getty Lee from Rush gave me some fantastic advice, and I'm going to pass that along for any young musicians out there. And Getty said to me, I think someone gave him this advice, and he passed it along. He said, when you're starting out, 
you know, maybe not now. I'm a little okay now, but when you're starting out, always take your wallet with you on stage. You know what? That is true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Once experienced the dressing room theft, uh, you'll be very careful in the future. Some pretty good rockstar advice from Lawrence Gowan of iconic rock band Sticks. You're going to hear part two of this chat next weekend on the Mulberry Lane Show, where you'll get some pretty good behind-the-scenes rock and roll stories. Coming up next, you're taking a country turn. Hitmaker Dylan Scott joins your weekend. Keep it right here with your radio sisters, Rachel Bow and Allie, on the Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be right here waiting for you. They said, come set away, come set away, come set away with me. Your weekend getaway. Glad you're hanging out here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Well, he's taking his Louisiana country vibe through the Midwest. Now, you guys know Dylan Scott from the songs My Girl and Hooked. Guys, hang out now with Dylan, hear all about his new EP and his journey from Louisiana to Nashville to the trek up the country charts. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to the show, Dylan Scott. (laughs) <laughs> good to be here. <laughs> good to have Great you. to have you here. Okay, so what can people expect from the concerts throughout the Midwest? Expect to come out and hopefully have a good time. You know, our goal is to let people forget about what's going on through the work week and what's going on in their life, and just for the next, you know, hour and a half, two hours, have a good time at the show. So, and we all really need it. that, don't we? Yeah. So now your dad was in the business. So talk a little bit about his influence on you, and is that what prompted you to move to Nashville at nineteen? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, my dad moved to Nashville to be an artist and ended up playing guitar for guys like Freddie Sender, Freddie Hart, old school country music. Okay. So he gave it up when he met my mom and started a family. So my dad was like the reason I'm in this. Yeah, so we played music during the house, played music in church. So the older I got, I, I wanted to be my dad. And so I just moved to Nashville. When you packed up at 19 and left for Nashville, what was your dad's advice? The biggest piece of advice he gave me, it was actually before I moved to Nashville, he told me it's not an overnight success, and I didn't really understand that as a kid. You know, I was like, what do you mean it's not an overnight success? I'll go up here, we'll record some songs, and, you know, we'll become a country music singer. So once I got to Nashville, I realized that, you know, it's not an overnight success. There's a lot of work you got to put into it. They call it a 10-year town, don't they? Yeah, and it really is. That's the truth. But you did land a deal at 19. Yeah. So well, at that so point, were you thinking, ah, oh, Dad's not right. This is going to happen. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, oh, crap, here we go. He's 19 years old. I got a record deal. Hey, we were doing it, you know, but he was definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write songs before you went to Nashville. Is that right? I did not. No, I started writing once I got to Nashville. I met one of my best friends, Matt Alderman, who also writes for Curb, who's now my producer. I just learned the process, you know, and, and learned to have a passion for it. Okay, so now the song My Girl, was that one of the first songs you wrote? It was a song I wrote early on, yeah. I mean, I wrote okay. that probably seven years ago. Okay. What inspired that song? So I married my high school sweetheart. We've been together since we were 15 years old. Wow. So I'm living in Nashville at this point. I think I was 20 years old. She was still living in Louisiana. So went back to Louisiana for a weekend trip, and we were riding around, and literally the rapper Eminem came on the radio, and she started rapping his music, and... My wife's real shy. Like, that's the last thing I expected her to do. And so it was 
pretty hot, you know, for a 20-year-old boy. I mean, that was, that was pretty hot. So I literally wrote the line of the song that says, I love when she raps to an Eminem song. Like, that's what the song is all about. And, that's and what so we went to Nashville and, and wrote the song, and, and yeah, and here we are. Okay, so now that song kind of changed your life. So talk about how things were different after that. Yeah, it was a lot different. I mean, we went from, you know, seven guys in a 1999 Ford Diesel van traveling the country to, oh, we get to get on a bus now. We, we get to sleep during the night. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's crazy. So we watched the crowds go from a couple hundred people to 800 people to 1,000 to 2,000. Now we're playing, you know, two, three thousand, four thousand 4,000 people a night. So it really got us going. It really changed our life, you know. Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and you're hearing from Country Music's Dylan Scott, who is currently going up the country music charts. Woo! So many times, whether you're in the music business or you're trying to build something, no matter what it is, there are those times when you're just putting in. You know, you're wondering, is this going to work out? What's my next step? And then you feel like you're just putting in without getting anything out. It goes back to even your dad's advice. So what got you through those times when you felt like, Am I just wasting my time? Am I putting all this in for nothing? What got you through those days? Yeah. I mean, I just I surrounded myself with good people, you know, as far as the, my team in Nashville. But honestly, it was my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I remember calling her and saying, hey, I just don't know if this is going to work. I mean, she probably just come back home and just get a regular job and go on about my business, you know. And she's the one that told me, like, no, like, you need to stay there and do what you're doing. Everything's going to work out. And so surrounding myself with good people, you know, that really believed in me and get me going. Yeah. You know, when you're in Nashville, the vibe is, oh, this is hitting now. Let's do this. So how do you maintain your sound, yourself, your look, your vibe when maybe something else is hitting at the time? Yeah. I mean, you always got to, you got to stay current. Okay. What's the next step? What's going to happen next in country music? But at the same time, you're right. You do have to stay true to who you are. And I'll be honest with you. When I moved to Nashville, I wanted to move to Nashville and be the next Keith Whitley, you know, old school country music, but that's not where we're at anymore. And so I realized that, so I had to find who I was, uh-huh. and not who Keith Whitley was. And so um, I just started writing and just playing my music on the road. And what really honed me in was what I realized was my fans wanted to hear from me. So um, when I write a song, I, the first thing I imagine in my head is, okay, can I play this on stage? Can I see the crowd laughing or smiling or crying or whatever? So... I just try to stay true to who I am. And so you actually picture more of the live show than the radio? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Okay. So then how far into your journey to figure out who you were as an artist, did you feel like, okay, I've got my head around, you know, who I am as an artist? Yeah. I mean, it took a while. I'll be honest with you. Probably right around My Girl. Everything before My Girl was just me trying things. But once we got to My Girl... I'd written enough, I'd played enough shows, I knew, okay, this is a single, this is what I want, this is what I want to say. Now, today, I'm 100%, I know exactly who my fans are, I know exactly what my music's saying, I know what I'm doing, so it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good spot. (laughs) So that brings us to today, and so talk about your new song, Nobody, what's the story behind that? Yeah, so Nobody, the hook is, nobody's going to love you like I do, Mm -hmm. so uh, it's kind of a the sequel to My Girl, you know. Mm-hmm. I realized that the guys love My Girl because they can play it for their girl, and the girls love My Girl because, you know, they feel like they're guys <laughs> and they're girls. Anyway, you got it all so covered. I was like, all right, so I got to write My Girl, you know, 2.0. So that's kind of where nobody came from. And so, yeah, it's just a real hooky song. Um, pretty cool. It's sitting at number four on the iTunes charts right now after awesome. a week. So that's awesome. it's going pretty well for us. It's a song off our new EP that comes out 
in April. Uh, nothing to do towns about EP. Hopefully everybody goes and gets it. You recently added dad to your titles. Your yeah. son is a little over a year. So how has that changed your approach to your music and the business and life in general? Yeah, i tell you what, it's taught me a lot of patience. Uh, having a kid will teach you that real quick. But oh, yeah. it's awesome. I love being a dad. I mean, it's really the greatest thing in the world. It makes coming home, you know, that much sweeter. As far as my music, I mean, kind of write what I live. And that's why I have a lot of love songs. But I've got some daddy songs now, too. Which the is really three, cool. song 3 a.m. is a daddy song. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> is about... You know, the things we used to do at 3 a.m. is not what we do at 3 a.m. once you have a kid. You know, you're out rocking on the town. And once you have a kid, you're rocking in the bedroom yeah, with right. a bottle in your hand. So. Exactly. How Love true that. is that? Okay, and then before we let you go, do you have any advice for that person listening who's thinking of maybe packing up and heading to Nashville? What advice, from your perspective now, what would you tell them? My advice is, for one, you got to be in Nashville because you never know who you're going to run into. You never know what opportunity is right in front of you. You never know who you're going to meet. And so you just got to get to Nashville. And the biggest thing is when you move there, you realize it's going to be a lot of work. Just put the work in, put your nose to the ground and grind, you know, because that's what it's going to take to, to get to where you want to be. Well, Dylan, we want to thank you for joining the show. It's been fun catching up with you. Finally, we connected. Yay. <laughs> and then have a good trek through the Midwest. Okay, thank you. Make sure you pre-order Dylan Scott's brand new EP, Nothing To Do Town, and check out the current single, Nobody. When we come back here on the Mulberry Lane Show, you're going to meet a master guitar builder who's also a creator of the board game Chickapig that's taking the game world by storm. Keep it here with your radio sisters. Here's Dylan Scott. Girl, nobody, nobody, nobody gonna love you like I do. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody gonna love you like I do I'ma love you till the good Lord comes back for me and you Girl, nobody, nobody, nobody gonna love you like I do I know how you like your car Let's dive back in the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo, here with my sisters Rachel and Allie. Well, we love bringing you guys this next story about creativity, reinvention, and going for it. Master craftsman guitar builder Brian Calhoun has built guitars for Dave Matthews, Jason Raz, and Keith Urban. But what he's here to talk about today is his hit board game, yes, a kid's board game called Chickapig, a 2019 Toy of the Year nominee, and Amazon Board Game's number one bestseller. So how did a master guitar builder become a kid's game board guru? Well, let's find out. Welcome, welcome to the show, Brian Calhoun. <laughs> That's quite an intro there. I like it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Great to have you. Okay, so how do you go from building guitars to launching a board game? Yeah, they're kind of on different sides of the spectrum, I guess you could say. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think the link between them, or at least in my life, is that both of them started as a hobby. And I think when you're going at something as a hobby, that means you're doing it because you enjoy it, which right. is very different from starting out thinking, I'm going to start a business, right. you know, because this is a good business. And so with the guitars, I mean, I was a guitar player growing up and got into building instruments in high school and then dropped out of college not knowing what I wanted to do and had some informal 
instrument building apprenticeships and then partnered up with a local guitar builder there in Lexington, Virginia, and we started Rockbridge Guitar Company in 2002. Okay. And over the years, I had lots of hobbies. I would sort of jump in and out of different things. And when I started Chickapig, it was with the idea of, I wonder if I can make a game. And this came after playing what I would call a very boring board game uh, with some friends and just saying, like, I can do this. No ambitions of marketing it or selling it and just, you know, can I do this? Can I make a game my friends will like? Can I make a game my friends kids will like because you know those are some very honest critics yes, <laughs> right there right, and, sure. yeah so that's how it all got started okay so, so now dave matthews is your partner on this project yeah so, what did he so bring dave's to the good, table so dave's a good friend in those early days of when i first came up with the game i'd made a few copies one of the first groups i brought it to was dave and his family and we just okay. spent this entire summer playing Chickapig with our friends and you know with his kids friends and that was just sort of where it all started and uh-huh. and he gave me direction and the artwork and was one of the first voices that was like Calhoun you got to turn this into a business and okay. and kind of encouraged me the whole way and then Dave and two of our other friends we just decided okay let's do it and you know we incorporated and turned Chickapig into a business. Well, right now, you're hearing from master guitar builder and grassroots board game creator, Brian Calhoun, all about the hit board game, Chickapig, and you're listening right now to your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Okay, so now there's a book, a plush toy, and a smaller kid's version. Was this ever anything you imagined that would come out of this? Oh, no, not at all. And, you know, the book was sort of my latest passion project. It started when a friend called me and said, hey, you should write a Chicken Pig Kids book. And it was like a light bulb went off because I'd been watching children play the game for many years at this point. But their younger brothers and sisters, they were too young to play. I would always notice, like, these kids like chicka pigs. Like, they're just funny looking, and it's fun to say. And yeah. I wanted something for a younger audience. And when my friend said, you should write this book, it just, like, clicked. Holy moly, you're right. I need to. And it was a year ago, January. So it was, it's all happened really quickly. And I sort of brainstormed and, you know, outlined the book. And I wrote it essentially in a weekend and spent quite some time editing it and shortening it and then the illustrative process was big and I I never imagined it would sort of have a release like this. Yeah and the message is so nice because it is about following your dreams and that's a great message to give a small person. Yeah yeah and it's a message I really believe in and you know it's follow your dreams but Hopefully, you know, to some people, the message is bigger than that, and it's follow your dreams even if society and tradition sort of tell you not to, you know. And so I think it's hopefully a message parents want their kids to hear. It's an empowering message. Mm-hmm. My family and I, we did sit down and play Chicken Pig the other night. They had so much fun. I did too. How many iterations did it go through? Or, or oh my gosh. do you even have a number? Well, you know, the first iteration wasn't that far from what we have now. I I would say the first 95% I came up with pretty quick, um, you know, within a week or so. The last 5% took years. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, we love it. We love the connection between the musicianship and the guitar building and Dave Matthews. You fit right in our music, arts, and lifestyle. I think you've got all three covered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. You're a perfect guest on our show. Are you going to sing me off of the show, (laughs) Dave? I'll tell you what. You come back and we'll sing you back on. (laughs) Okay, that sounds good. Thank you so much.
Well, that was Brian Calhoun telling you all about his board game, Chick-a-Pig, which has grown from a simple idea into a booming business. The name of the game is Chick-a-Pig. The book is called Little Joe Chick-a-Pig. And don't forget about the plush toys. <laughs> okay, guys, it's time for show notes. This is the part where you guys get your Radio Sisters takeaways from the show for your life. That's right. Brian Calhoun, inventor of Chick-a-Pig, said, Go for your dreams. Follow them, even if society or conventions tell you otherwise. So if you've got that idea burning, let it lead you, not what other people think. Amen, sister. All right. Thanks, Brian, for sharing your story and your wise words. Okay, sisters, next piece of advice. Country Music's Dylan Scott shared today. Make sure you put your nose to the grindstone and grind. And surround yourself with positive people. Dylan, thanks for hanging out with the sisters today. Be sure to check out his latest single, Nobody, and the upcoming EP, Nothing to Do Town. Okay, Allie, who's next with the advice? Well, Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, he said, anytime in life you can do something good for someone else, you should do it. Thanks, Dan, for stopping by the show today. Always love to catch up. Mm-hmm. And finally, Lawrence Gowan of Sticks. Sisters, you got to share his valuable advice. Yes, his very smart advice is, if you're a musician, always take your billfold out on stage with you. I think that sounds like he learned the hard way. <laughs> Lawrence, thanks for stopping by. And you guys, you're going to hear part two of our interviews with Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, and Lawrence Gowan next weekend. So stay tuned for that. And be sure to catch their concert this coming Wednesday at Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln, Nebraska. All of Larry the Cable Guy's portion is going to flood relief. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you join us same time, same place next weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll be waiting for you. Bo. Stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. There must be something alive.